request of you, brethren, that you appreciate those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you in the Lord and give you instructions, and that you esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Live in peace with one another. And that is First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12 and 13. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Bridge Radio. And we are coming at you from the great state of Texas. I am your host, A.W. Varilla, and next to me, like always, the president, Steve Van Hartog, and our, still an intern? No. I don't know. <laughs> Tommy Daniels. Chief assistant. Chief, yeah, chief, yeah, the assistant to the assistant. Of uh, South Texas and North America. <laughs> T.D. Daniels, as you guys know him as Tommy Lemon Pepper. Uh, so we are back, guys. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the uh, last week podcast. Uh, it's been a little bit since uh, uh, we had a podcast, but we have uh, four authors coming on pretty soon here, uh, scheduled and ready to go. So just keep looking out for those uh, uh, podcasts from different authors. Uh, and before we begin, though, uh, let's get a little update on the ministry, TD, Steve. What's going who, on? Who's, who's, who wants to go? TD, share. I, I know especially we have our new book studies that are going on. Um, I'm specifically most excited for Disciplines of a Godly Man study. And mm. um, we had our, our first couple weeks recently. And it's just awesome to see brothers from different churches and different generations coming together for the sole purpose of imitating Christ and walking in the disciplines um, that a godly man needs. And um, if you guys are interested, you want to buy the book or are interested in the study, please let us know. Um, but that's been probably the best part of the last few weeks for myself awesome yeah i mean steve if you just want to talk about a little bit about just the bible studies that have been systematic theology there's two going on right now we got job study we got the pure study we've got uh joshua coming up that's going to be starting this saturday yeah we got a lot a lot of stuff going on planning for a conference getting the the translation of complete in him complete so we've got the translation done. Praise God for that. We are just in the process of raising funds to get the actual printing of the book done. So, so yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, all over the globe listening today, if you are interesting, interested, excuse me, in helping out to help us print out the book, it's already been translated. We got the cover. We're super, super excited. Uh, again, doing something like this does cost a lot of money, but we're super excited. And uh, if you guys just want to go ahead and give to the ministry for the purpose of printing out the book, this book is going to be in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And it's the translation from Complete in Him by Michael Barrett from uh, PNR Publishing. From uh, sorry, Heritage, Heritage Reformation. Ref- Ref- sorry. Whoops. So there you go. Um, and that book, if you haven't read it, please repent and read it. <laughs> like, absolutely amazing. But we're going to have it in Spanish. So for uh, our Spanish-speaking uh, audience, please, we will be just keep, keep on a lookout when that comes out. Because, again, it's already complete, ready to go. And for- that, by the way, just to uh, make an announcement with regards to our conference, that is what yes. the topic of our conference will be for this fall complete in him and we're going to be rolling out the book yeah for sure at that time it'll be available at highly discounted prices yeah absolutely so again our spanish conference uh for 2023 will be november 11th november 11th uh, november 11th at the university at texas a&m a&m international university and one of their halls so please Continue to look out for that, for our uh, Spanish-speaking community. Uh, please, please share that uh, to your churches as it's going to be really, really exciting and on the topic. And and we're going to be uh, releasing the book, uh, Completo en El. So, yeah. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, this week uh, we have a special guest in-house, all right, uh, president of Birmingham Theological Seminary, uh, Ike Reader. Uh, so we are super excited to have him on today. But before we start that, please, please don't forget to subscribe to Apple, Android, Google, and Stitcher Radio. And please visit our website at bridgemenlaredo.org. Well, Steve, are you ready to get this podcast started? Let's do it. Let's do it. 
Ike Reeder is president of Birmingham Theological Seminary. He joined BTS in April of 2018 after serving for four years as the national director of church relations relations at Covenant College. He started his career with over a decade in education, teaching English and Bible and secondary and undergrad levels. After spending five years in the retail industry, he returned to work to a local church with young business leaders in Birmingham, Alabama. Welcome, Ike Reader, to Bridge Radio in-house for the first time. <laughs> well, let me tell you, this he's glowing. Yeah, the, hey. the in-house is is pretty amazing. Yes, I mean, absolutely. This is special. This You're, is you guys are you guys are. I mean, it's like a three-way tennis match. You guys <laughs> batting the ball back and forth. It's, it's pretty astounding. <laughs> well, it's, it's it's a privilege to have you here. It's so. great to be here, guys. I'm having a blast. Yeah. So. I'm really happy that you came down here. It is definitely a privilege to have you down here. You don't know. Uh, I know that you uh, this morning went to uh, Denny's. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Danny's. Danny's. We already had that discussion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He told yeah, I, me about I, it. I texted Stephen last night and I said, what's a good local place? I want to get some authentic local food. And when I looked down, I thought it said Denny's. And I was like, that is, that is not authentic local food. And I, oh, no, it says Danny's. We yeah. were set. Yeah, so he was set. So, again. And uh, I thought he was going to send him to Denny's, but again, he wanted to try the local cuisine. So as you guys know, for our worldwide audience, we are in a border town, a border town, which is Texas and Mexico. And and again, like this is 98% Hispanic here. So again, taco is the reigning food mm. here. So uh, I know that he got to enjoy some good food this morning and tonight. As we go to Taco Palenque Grill, right, we're going to be enjoying some really good, authentic Mexican food for you. Can't wait. Um, yeah. So, uh, Ike, before we begin, can you just tell a little bit about yourself? Sure. And how God drew you to Saving Faith? Absolutely. Um, so, I actually have a chapter in a book on this. Mm. So, uh, I don't know if you actually carry this one in the mm. bookstore, but it's called, uh, I believe it's called... Um, Letters from the Fishbowl mm. is what it's called. It's by edited edited by my good friend Catherine Stewart, and it's letters from PKs to other PKs. Mm. So from pastors' kids to other pastors' kids. And when she asked me to write the chapter, I kind of laughed and said, um, "You know, sure, I'm happy to help out. What do you you want me to write on leadership? You want me to write on discipleship? You know?" She said, "She's she's from Ireland, and so excuse the bad accent, but." She said, she said, oh, no, we've got those already. <laughs> she said, we need you to write the chapter on rebellion. <laughs> and I said, well, that, that makes sense. I, I can cover that chapter. So, um, though I, I grew up, obviously, in a Christian home. My father is a pastor of a, of a pretty large Presbyterian church. Uh, heard the gospel all my life. Um, but it wasn't until I was 21 studying overseas where the Lord uh, really got a hold of me through the work of the Holy Spirit. And, um, and that's when I truly gave lordship of my life over uh, to Jesus Christ and repented of my sins and asked him to be my savior and committed my life to follow him. And so, uh, you know, from that time on, I was my, my first uh, career, if you will, was in education, as mentioned earlier. Mm. I was an English teacher. I taught high school English. I had the privilege of teaching overseas in Vienna, Austria for a few years and then Asheville, North Carolina for a couple of years. And then from there, uh, I actually ended up in Alaska, where I did my first graduate degree in literature, uh, with, the, with actually with a concentration in critical theory. So I was a professional critical theorist. I've actually been cited in a work that was published, which I think is all you need to actually declare yourself a professional theorist, as somebody else cited you. Mm. Um, he didn't agree with me, but, you know, hey, at least, <laughs> at least I got cited. So I did that for a little while um, and then went back to teaching high school uh, and then, um, and then the Lord kind of kicked me out from the academy uh, into the business world for a little while, and then that uh, was during the recession. And then from there, I ended up back in um, ministry with a focus on on discipleship uh, that was just working with young men in the marketplace community, many of whom were relatively new believers, had come to the faith in college or after college, didn't come from Christian homes. But then there was a fundraising component to that. And from that, I ended up on the development team at Covenant College, uh, which was my alma mater. Uh, and then we were successful there. And so that translated into an opportunity at BTS. So really, I mentioned all that to say, became a Christian at 21, 
like everybody, ups and downs in my 20s and 30s, and of course now even in my 40s. But um, but from a career perspective, had a commitment to education, worked a lot with at-risk education communities, then had experience in the business world, and then back into education on the fundraising side, and then now to BTS. And mm-hmm. God allowed me to bring all those components together to, uh, to hopefully create a, a, a sort of unique situation at BTS in the way we do what we do and focus on what we focus on. Wow. Wow. That's pretty awesome. And, and I just, uh, we, we met last year mm-hmm. and for, uh, Steve helped me out here just a couple of years when we were discussing about bringing some type of seminary to Laredo. Uh, we were, you were looking at so many different options right. and you thought you might've had landed on one. Right. But, uh, like almost last minute you were able to find BTS yeah. and, and well, just kind of was a better fit for what we're doing here. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we were looking for an opportunity to be able to bring seminary classes here in Laredo so that people could access top quality seminary education, theological education without having to uh, get themselves uh, located in, in some other city, um, you know, finding work, finding housing to be able to, access those the that theological education at an affordable price and still be able to be plugged into local ministry mm-hmm. which is what BTS Birmingham Theological Seminary has allowed us to do and they really fit the bill for what we had envisioned because they had envisioned it I think 50 years <laughs> prior <laughs> yeah um, just being able to provide access to people wherever they are a solid theological Christian education. And uh, so it just made sense for us to to join forces with them. And many people know that we started a collaboration with them last year. Last September, we had our first cohort. Right. And Lord willing, going to be able to uh, start that again this mm-hmm. September to have another cohort. And so we just wanted to, Ike, have you talk a little bit about Birmingham Theological Seminary. What's unique about Birmingham Theological Seminary? Um, what you guys offer as far as the distance education is concerned, and then also why seminary education Mm -hmm. might be important for somebody, not only um, for people who are called to pastoral-type vocational ministry, but somebody else who might just be, you know, a teaching elder in a church or a Bible study leader, mm-hmm. somebody, you know, women who, who lead Bible studies, That's things right. like that. So I know I, I put a lot on your plate, but uh, <laughs> do, we, do we get that put on a whiteboard, like a bullet point <laughs> format at some point? I think I can remember all of it. But the uh, but to go back to your original comment, Stephen, I remember um, I think I, I remember our first phone call mm-hmm. that we had yeah. and you sort of saying, you know, we want all these things, but we want the same quality that we would get if people were going away. Exactly. And we're either going to try to build it ourselves or we've got this other potential yeah. partner. And, uh, man, we just don't know. I mean, how do you do? And uh, what I really love would be if, like, if the class could be in this room and you yes. could have that. And I'm just sitting there listening to you going, like, <laughs> we can do that. We can do that. We, <laughs> sounds like what we've been trying to do for 50 years. And yeah. you were like, well, that's cool. So I remember that first sort of Absolutely. light bulb moment, no, that first conversation we had. Yeah, that was exciting. And um, realizing that we had the same sort of vision. But yeah, so what is BTS? Like, let's start from that perspective. And um, and as you mentioned, we've been doing this for for quite a long time. So we actually are celebrating. It's, you know, for those of you that are, are listening to this, you know, current <laughs> If anybody's you know down the road, it's 2023. So uh, we're currently celebrating our 51st year. So mm. BTS was founded in 1972. It's we're not a young seminary. Mm. Um, it was founded, and and I think an interesting component of our of our founding, especially for our friends at Bridge Ministry and its relationship to Laredo, Texas. You know, BTS was founded in the middle of you know Birmingham, Alabama, out of a lot of mutual partnerships that had lasted throughout the middle of the 1960s to the early 1970s. And mm-hmm. any student of history knows that you know Birmingham, Alabama, wasn't exactly the most peaceful town in America yeah. mm-hmm. during the 1960s and 30s, um, 1960s and, and early 70s. Um, but there were pastors and churches that were working their hardest to work and partner together to find biblical solutions to mm-hmm. the problem of um, ethnic uh, stereotyping, of, uh, of racism, of, you know, segregationism and all those different problems that were happening. And 
two of the churches that were Presbyterian that happened to not be segregated were Briarwood Presbyterian Church and Edgewood Presbyterian Church, mm. which were pastored by Dr. Frank Barker and Dr. Bill Hay. Um, because they pastored churches that were desegregated, that did have both uh, Caucasian and African-American members, um, they served on a number of different ways in the city with committees and boards. And so they partnered with a lot of the pastors of a lot of the historic African-American churches in town. And they realized that, um, you know, the, that, you know, the quality of seminary training that they had been able to to have and really took for granted, mm. um, you know, it wasn't available for a lot of the men that they worked with, many of whom were bivocational pastors or they had families or they were second career calling. And so they basically decided, well, we need to, we need to start something here that people can access. And so they did. And that's how BTS came to be. And it wasn't just a seminary for the African-American pastors. It was a seminary where, uh, Caucasian and uh, African American pastors could come together. They could learn together. They were in class together. They had professors from both all the different those different denominations. They were partnering with. It was designed to be a place of theological reformed theological consistency, but um, but also of ethnic and uh, socioeconomic unity, where wow. people could come together from across these broad spectrums, really encapsulating. What still is one of our operating values, and that is a biblical definition of diversity, mm. um, where, where we're bringing together men and women, people from different backgrounds and ethnicities, different socioeconomic classes, and even different denominations, so that we can study and learn God's word together. Sure, people are going to walk out with some differences, but at the same time, um, we're going to walk out more committed to the fundamentals of our faith than finding ways to partner together in unity in ministry. Mm -hmm. And that's been one of the core components of BTS ever since day one. And in order to do that, you got to make sure that the doors are open. Because yeah. if the doors aren't open, if you're not finding ways to make seminary education accessible, then... Well, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that you're right. only going to serve a very particular set and groups of people that have the means of the access. Yeah. So from the beginning, that idea was how do we make this accessible and affordable while at the same time staying faithful? And that's been the mission for 51 years. And I'm grateful to say that uh, we are still 100 percent on the mission that we were given. Mm. Uh, we're 100 percent focused on uh, on the, the Orthodox Reformed faith. And we're 100% focused on making sure that our graduates are trained to work in ministry. We hold the standards of the academy. We're never going to let those go. But at the end of the day, a seminary is not the same thing as a university. It's not designed for the same thing. A seminary is designed to train people to serve the local church, leaders for the local church. Are some going to go on to other educational endeavors? Absolutely. We've even got four doctoral tracks at our school. So, of course, we recognize that. We want people to learn and grow uh, intellectually and everything. But we want that, what we were talking about just earlier today, right? It's not mm -hmm. just the orthodoxy. Right. It's not just the orthopaxy uh, uh, or orthopathos. It's the ortho or the orthopaxy. It's the orthopathos. Like, yeah. we want them you know, in the ministry, but loving the ministry, that yeah. that's where their hearts are, 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 you know, burning and on fire when they see the word of God go forth by the preached word of God through the people of God to the communities that surround us that are a lost and dying world. Yeah. Right. So that's what we do. So that's BTS in a nutshell. Uh, now, how do we do it? Well, the way we do it, the way we keep those doors open is by staying affordable mm. and we stay affordable through three basic sort of operational principles. And very simply, because uh, I know I've talked us talked us on here a little bit about all this good stuff. No, it's but, good. Um, we are, so number one, we're committed to lean operations. Mm. So we're going to, we're going to stay lean, man. We're just going to keep, we don't hire unless we need to hire. When we do hire, we try to do it with contracts instead of full-time employees. So, you know, we just pray that the Lord meets those needs and we've got volunteers that help us and God has been faithful for 51 years. So I keep thinking as long as we stay faithful to yeah. his word, that he's going to be faithful to providing what we need. And you guys do not have a brick and mortar. Well, and that's number two, se, right? That's, that's right. So operational principle number two is that we are committed by policy that BTS will never own a brick and mortar building. So all of our offices are in a local church at Briarwood Presbyterian Church. They are kind enough to allow us to use some of that space. And then all classes meet in local churches or in local ministries that have volunteered space 
four classes to be used. And mm. if you think about it, I mean, think about driving around sure. on a Tuesday or a Thursday yeah. night. Where do you, what do you see going on at most churches? Yeah, exactly. Crickets. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. To, you know, there's classrooms sitting there with nothing happening and no yeah. lights on. Hey, can we please stick a class in there with a professor and 10 students and let them learn about serving Jesus through uh, through solid academic theological study, graduate-level yeah. theological study? And if they say no, well, yeah, that's on you. We're going to go down the road and find the next church, you know? So— um, and, and so we don't we don't carry any bricks and mortar. We don't we don't own any bricks and mortar. Uh, the third principle is that all of our faculty are adjunct. So uh, we do have almost fifty faculty members. Mm. They teach. We have a core faculty of about thirty five members that teach. Right, they teach every every year, at least two semesters a year. But the difference between us and a traditional model is that they're not full-time faculty members for us. About 90% of our faculty, their full-time jobs are in ministry. Mm. 92% hold doctoral degrees, either a doctor of ministry or a PhD or an equivalent degree uh, that's a terminal postgraduate degree. So they've got the credentials, but they have chosen, uh, the vast majority of our faculty have chosen to make their jobs in the ministry context. We get to be the school that comes along beside them where they get to scratch that itch mm-hmm. where they want to teach. They yeah. they love the academic model. They love learning and growing. They right. love the rigor of doing the papers and, uh, you know, and, and reading and the classroom discussion and everything else. But first and foremost, God's called them to be in the ministry context. Yeah. So what they're bringing into the classroom is a love for the academy, but what they're bringing is decades of ministry experience mm. into the classroom with them. Yeah. I mean, even just thinking about the class we had with the introduction to research and writing here yeah. last yeah. fall that we'll have again this coming fall, yeah. you know, Dr. Amy Bow, she is fan- she's got a PhD from New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, but she and her she, and but her PhD is in missiology and she and her husband were they were missionaries for 27 years. Mm. So I mean, that that's what they did sure. when yeah. she comes in and teaches on uh, missions or uh, or the writing classes or whatever, <clears throat> she's bringing all kinds of experience in with her, and certainly the tr- is that's true for our pastoral faculty, right. as well as systematics and everything else. Yeah, so, and, and and a shout out to Doctor Bo. Uh, uh, hello, Doctor Bo, if you listen to this podcast, by the way. Uh, you know, I was in, your, in her class for uh, several mm-hmm. months there, um, but man, the passion uh, that that really threw me off. I you know. I'm just, this is my assumption and probably is not good that I was, I was like, oh, there's going to be like, you know, they're just going to be there. I mean, the care, the, the enthusiasm, the, just like, you just see that they were excited to be there and want to teach absolutely, and, and, and engage everybody in, in the first cohort, which we were talking about for the longest time and, and things that were going on and, and getting this all ready. But that was really surprising yeah. to me and not because I, I you know we were going to get some like you know frumpy professor that didn't care and mm-hmm. i'm just here to do no like you saw the passion when they were teaching and that really surprised me yeah. you know and that was just my assumptions like i you know i didn't this is my first time just john was like oh, okay like this is cool but you know like but to be engaging mm-hmm. and then answering emails like there for you like hey if you need anything please let me know like that for me was absolutely blew me away i think that's the big thing is the engagement that she took with the students Mm -hmm. you know if you had a question on anything obviously you could you could ask it during the live session yeah Yeah. but throughout the week as well if you had concerns or whatever there was a lot of communication back and forth which i think is they're going to respond to emails exactly you know yeah exactly Unfortunately, I think there's one of those. That's one of those presuppositions about uh, distance education. Is that you know where do I have the opportunity to have that kind of interaction and engagement? If I do have questions on things, well, you definitely had that yeah. with mm-hmm. with Doctor Bo, and I'm sure you do with with the other professors as well. Yeah, that's exactly right. And 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 the great thing is, is I mean, we recruit these faculty. Like this isn't they don't just fall in our lap. I mean, some sure. of them do. Praise the Lord. Uh, but uh, in God's kind providence, but. Uh, but we we go out of our way, and when we sit down with them and talk to them about what the opportunities are at BTS, what we tell them is, you know, we're going to get you in front of student groups like no other seminary mm-hmm. has. Now, in order to do that, we're going to utilize a variety of delivery systems. Like, we're not going to pull those students and tell all them they got to come here to be with you. Right. Yeah. We're going to find ways to get you in front of them yeah. wherever they are. 
So, uh, you know, if I take one step back and make one other comment, then I'll kind of wrap all this together that we've just been talking about. You know, the, the goal of what we're doing, the way I like to describe a seminary's purpose, I mean, we've got obviously our mission statement and everything else that we do and providing quality and faithful theological education accessible to learners everywhere uh, to train leaders to serve the local church, obviously, you know, but that, that, that mission statement gets us down to a thing. We want to serve the local church. Mm, yeah. That's our number one goal is to serve the church because the church is the only, a seminary is not going on into eternity. Right. Yeah. Uh, the church is, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. So our job is to serve that, yeah. is to serve the, the bride of Christ. So in doing so, what we want to make sure we do is, the, is recognize that we don't replace the church. Yeah. Right. Our job, we have a very specific uh, type of work to do. It's called education. And I like to define education with one word. Education is discipleship. Mm, yeah. No matter where it is, where it's happening, who's doing it, it's discipleship. Mm. Um, it is training. It's imparting knowledge. It's doing... And, and discipleship, if that doesn't ring a bell, uh, it's kind of the thrust of the Great Commission, yeah. you know, make disciples, right? But we do that, that discipleship happens in a variety of contexts. It happens in the family, it happens in the home, it happens in the church. So in the school, it happens in a very specific way. We, I, and the way that I describe that is that it's academic discipleship. Mm-hmm. So our job is academic discipleship. Sure. So what we try to do is take academic discipleship, and instead of trying to get people to come to us for it, Although you can come to Birmingham and take classes, we do have live classes there. But what we're trying to do is figure out how to push academic discipleship into the hands of the local church yeah. so that it becomes their tool, their resource, so that instead of coming to us to learn all this stuff, you get to maintain the community of the local church and then benefit from what we would think of as the the benefits of the traditional residential education model. Yeah. But you get to do that here. Do you get to? Of course, you get the discussion in here. Do you get to have um, relationships with your faculty? Of course, you get to have your relationships with your faculty through BTS's model. We're going to give you all those same things. Mm -hmm. But because of the way we do it, you get two benefits. One is you get to stay plugged into the local church, and then number two, you don't have to bear the burden of all the financial cost. Right. Of traditional education model. Right. So instead of coming in at an average of $700 per credit hour in seminaries in general, or an average of $550 per credit hour, which is what we are in our broadly reformed community, you come in, we we, we can do this at $100 per credit hour. Yeah, because is. we're not paying for the bricks and the mortar. Absolutely. We're not paying for, yeah. you know, 100 different benefits, plans, and packages. Because our professors have jobs that, that do cover those things. Right. So it's, it's amazing. Once you do that, now we're back to that original principle that we talked about with the history of BTS. Now the doors are open. You've just removed multiple layers to entry that people are absolutely smart enough to be in seminary classes. Yeah. But if they don't have the right uh, you know, background, if they don't have the right schooling, or they don't have the, proper, the, the appropriate funds, or they're not at the time of the life where they can move, you can't go. Right. So... As I told one guy, one one seminary friend that I talked to, I said, you know, we won't break it all down, but from a ratio perspective, basically for every 100 individuals that need seminary, men and women in the local church, some for vocational ministry, pastoral ministry, the men that we train, and then the men and the women that we train to just be leaders in the local church, teaching, small groups, Bible studies, leadership, uh, children's ministry, uh, counseling, all these other areas, right? For everyone, every 100 that need it, I think a safe ratio is to say that maybe one mm-hmm. can make it wow. to one of those, what I call big, you know, sort of those big box seminary models, right? right? Yeah. And I told, look, I want you guys to remain healthy. Yeah. You know, take your one. BTS's model is that we're going after the 99. Yeah. So that's what we want. We yeah. want those 99. Isn't you know? that a song somewhere? <laughs> There's somewhere in there. <laughs> Just kidding. 99. Yeah. Seminary yeah. balloons. I don't yeah. know. Something like that. Uh, yeah. I think that's why BTS is such a natural fit for Bridge because yeah. our whole 
vision as well as a ministry is not to replace the church, the local yeah. church by any means, but to come alongside of it mm-hmm. and to equip it. Mm-hmm. And one way that we can equip it is by providing these classes as right. well. We already do with, you know, with the resources that we have, but if we can provide an opportunity for a solid, rigorous uh, seminary education, man, it's just a natural fit. And, and, and that's what I want to talk about here just next, the importance of of something like BTS coming alongside with the church, mm-hmm. um, uh, especially here in Laredo. And I'm going to make this comment. I think that we have a lot of past. I know we have a lot of pastors here, right. That maybe haven't had the training that, that they should to be maybe better shepherds and that they would like to have, and they would like mm-hmm. to have. Yes. And because, and at the same time, there's, there's some people who would be like, well, like I can't do it. Like I can't afford it. But then others are like, I have my Bible. I got the Holy spirit. I don't, I'm good. That's what I need. That's what I need. Now let's talk about how BTS can come alongside a church. And and I guess just expound that a little bit more, get a little bit more specific because I, I, I think that there might be a lot of churches out there. I mean, again, this is just in Laredo, but for our listeners, you know, you might be able to have a conversation with your 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 pastor, and you guys can. Doesn't go, matter where you. It are. doesn't matter where you are. Yeah, right. and say, hey, like you might have people that are really want to serve in the church a lot in a, in a better capacity, and want to learn more. Mm-hmm. And and how would you just kind of for our listeners maybe talk about that and just yeah. how that looks like in a church setting? Yeah, I think I'm, let, let me answer that question by taking a step backwards. One of our doctoral students just finished up in our pastoral leadership program, and he wrote his dissertation on a proposal. It's obviously more complex than just this, but one of the the core component was essentially arguing for a proposal for pastors specifically uh, that they should have continuing education unit requirements. Mm. And basically said, you know, look, there's no other profession (laughs) in America where we don't require, you know, whether you're an accountant or whether you're a real estate agent or a banker or whatever, like every year you got to go off and show, you know, and by the way, let's get it from, let's, let's get it from schools and, and not from conferences. Mm. Not that conferences are great, right? Yeah, but like, you know, I mean, that just, digs back in to perpetuate the conference machine, you know, Mm, sort of of America, (laughs) the local conferences run by local, you know, ministries. I love, I mean, what you guys are doing and everything else, I think are fantastic. Um, But he said, like, let's make this argument for how do we get these guys in to the, and, and it was one of his, one of his points was exactly what you're talking about, which is that, you know, those of us that come from a Presbyterian background, we often make the assumption that the majority of denominations hold the same standards for ordination and ministry requirements that we do. And the answer is we're actually in the, in a pretty small minority. Yeah. So, uh, you know, most denominations it's, if the person feels called, if the church feels that the guy's called, yeah. you know, get him in the pulpit, get him started preaching. And, you know, to be sure God can use that Absolutely. In, in, in any number of ways. Right. Mm-hmm. But whether you're over here on the side of, you know, a, a Presbyterian guy who's been through school for 12 years before we let you step into a pulpit, or whether you're over here at 18, you know, you preached your first sermon at 18 years old and were called as a senior pastor at 21, both parties should represent mm-hmm. what the biblical um, imperative that we have, which is that we should be lifelong learners. Yeah, We should be committed to learning um, through the entirety of our Christian lives, one of my favorite, uh, I, my my graduate work in literature was done on C.S. Lewis and J.R. Tolkien, and I love. There's a little anecdote about C.S. Lewis that the the week that he the day that he died, um, uh, that that week he had just received a new shipment uh, from the local bookstore with seven new books in it. Now mm-hmm. he had been sick, like you knew, but he is reading new books up until literally the day that he dies. Wow, you know. And do, do we evidence that same heart, mm. that desire? So many pastors think that once I become a pastor, like yeah. now I'm there. Right. When in reality, that's just the beginning. Mm. That's just the starting point, really. Yeah. Right. So whether you have a seminary degree or whether you don't, what I just would want to encourage every pastor is to, I mean, you may be retaking a class just to refresh your memory or to enjoy the discussion with other people. Or it may be that you need this because you've never really studied this for the first time. Yeah. Number one. Look at the institution 
make sure that they are focused on God's word first and foremost, yeah. that they're looking at, we, 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 we draw this education from the word of God. Um, as I mentioned earlier, it's illumination uh, with it. You know, it's a, it's integration by illumination, not, uh, not, not integration that, that lays it at the same level as illumination, uh, the, the Holy Spirit's illumination of God's word. So it's focused on the word. Then number two, as a pastor, you should always be wanting to learn and bring those things to your congregation, recognizing that the Romans 12 imperative is an ongoing process until the day we die. Romans 12, Colossians 1 through 3, right? Like these are the things that we're guarding against. We're learning. It's the transformation of our mind. That's part of our calling in the process of sanctification. Then number three, how do we expect the people of our congregation, the men and women who have specific callings, to be small group leaders, Bible study leaders, counselors, all those different roles right. that lay leaders play in the church. How can we expect them to evidence a commitment to the next level of learning for themselves, whether it's just a little four-course certificate or whether it's an actual degree or whatever, unless we are also as pastors. The pastors are also saying, you know, I want to keep walking down the road. So I think that those things put together paint a picture of, uh, of pastors that are not adverse to learning, but are actually seeking out and looking for more opportunities yeah. to learn and grow, to, to build their knowledge and their understanding of God's word, because that's one of the ways that the Holy Spirit works in and through us. Yeah. Amen. And, you know, we've always talked about this. I mean, you, you're, you need a teacher, right? Mm -hmm. we, we do have the Holy Spirit, right? But you... I mean, look at what Jesus was doing with the disciples. He was teaching them. And then mm -hmm. we just see it continue on over and over again. I This is my own thought that I don't care. I don't care how old you are or how long you've been in pulpit. There there needs to be somebody somebody there to just be a mentor, to teach, right? Because um, it's, it's really, really important to, to do that and to say that I don't need a teacher or, or – one thing that we see nowadays are YouTube preachers. Uh, let me get my education from YouTube mm -hmm. and I can learn this way, you know, self-taught, I'm good. And I just don't, I think that that can be very dangerous at, at times just because oh, there's absolutely. No, no accountability. Absolutely. So, well, the minute we think we don't need a teacher is the minute that it's time for you to hang up your, your preaching spurs and, uh, and, and go sit in a corner somewhere until the... <laughs> Holy Spirit chastises you. Yeah, yeah. The, the more and more, I, as a young man, um, 26, <laughs> the more and more I realize like the the necessity of, of solid biblical teachers and preachers, I'm, I'm less hesitant to just teach something because I realize the standard of, of a teacher is very high, not mm -hmm. just the moral character of that teacher, but also what they're expounding to the people that are listening. And so I agree with you, Abe. There's a lot of people on, on YouTube or just social media that are just teaching, teaching, teaching. I think we don't realize the standard of what they're teaching and, and, and the, the depth of what they're teaching and trying to expound are, are the holy scriptures. Yeah. And, and I, and I had come across a, a guy at church who was a YouTube learner and he had all these questions. And I'm thinking like, how many people at church have these questions and are getting at YouTube, but there's nobody at church. I mean, yes, there is a pastor, but there's not more lay leaders within the church that are properly trained to answer those questions. Mm -hmm. Right. And some of these, you know, they get off track and really wacky, you know, on some things. Oh, absolutely. And, 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 and I love what BTS is doing f for the local church. Mm -hmm. And I, it's a few well, weeks ago. I, I just want to read, sorry. I just want to read a quick quote here from, uh, Heinrich, Heinrich. Heinrich Bullinger. <laughs> he, we had uh, Don McKim on yes. a, a couple of months ago, and he did kind of a profile on, he's written a couple of books on uh, 16th century Protestant reformers. And one of them was on Heinrich Bullinger. Heinrich, easier for me to say. Bullinger is, is uh, em hem heavily emphasized the importance for the church, the health and well-being of the church, um, on having its pastors education, educationally qualified and doctrinally competent. And that mm -hmm. comes through that academic theological training. And so it's super important. Again, if your people are going, if you're expecting your people to have that competency, how much more important is it for the leader, the shepherd mm -hmm. leader mm -hmm. of that church to have that competency 
to begin with. Well, and let me let me just add to that too. The the one of the things that is a distinctive about BTS is that we are not an independent seminary, uh, but we're also not a denominational seminary. I said earlier we're a multi-denominational reformed seminary. Sure, we're accountable actually to a local church. Mm-hmm. So our board actually answers to the session of Briarwood Presbyterian Church. Mm-hmm. So we're like, for instance, we're not a member of EE. I can never remember. Is it ECFA or EFCA? EFCA. We're not a member of EFCA. Which great organization? You're the good Presbyterians for our listeners out there. That's right. That's right. Well. Somebody asked me once, why aren't you guys members of those guys? And I said, well, because we turn in our financials to the session of Briarwood four times a year. Like, Mm. I don't think EFCA is going to give us anything that Briarwood does not, you know, I promise. But the reason why I make that point is because um, there's this loop of accountability, right? Is that the pastors need the academic training, but but the institutions of academic training do not need to set themselves apart from the church either. Right. And sure. so we have an institution of academic you know, ministerial training, but we're accountable to the local church. And then in being accountable to the local church, then the, the local church knows and understands what we're doing. So they understand why they're telling every pastor, you got to go do this thing. Yeah. And then as the pastor learns, they're learning within a context. Listen, we're 51 years old. We've never had, you know, please, Lord Jesus, let it not happen underneath my presidency, I pray. <laughs> yeah. But we've actually never had a major theological crisis at our school. We have stayed focused, stayed on time. Now, part of that's wonderfully, the wonderful benefit of every faculty's contract is one semester. Sure. So, I mean, they start teaching stuff that's heretical. Guess what? Right. You, you, you don't get your contract renewed for next semester. So right. it's a lot easier to do that. But it's also because I have to report what's being taught in every one of those classes to the session of Briarwood Presbyterian Church sure. every year. Every year that report goes into to that, that church. So there's that great relationship between the two, which help us maintain the theological consistency mm. and standards, which then lets us go, we know what we're going to be producing from guys and gals that are learning in our classrooms. We yeah. know what they're going to be learning and growing, how they're going to be growing, the way the faculty's teaching the classes and what they walk out being able to do right. from that. And so, you know, it's that, that loop of relationship, which I think is so important which both affirms and consolidates and makes sure um, that you have a consistency, which is th- that's what you need for longevity. Sure. You know, yep. so absolutely. No, we we've definitely been absolutely blessed uh, with everything that's been going on. And and I hope that if the listeners out there, uh, if you are encouraged as a lay leader, want to get it and i guess this mm-hmm. is where we should just talk about yeah what, uh, uh, let's talk about a little bit what you offer at bts uh from you know maybe uh certificates all the way to doctoral program right. um and so that if somebody is listening and they're interested mm-hmm. it doesn't matter guys remember it doesn't matter where you guys are right we're just here in laredo uh and and i came down to visit us and we're super privileged but again anywhere in the world yeah, right. yeah we've, got got micro, quick... we've got micro learning centers now operating and in, in here in Laredo, Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, we're looking at some we have possibility of Michigan right now yeah. um, uh, and, and just all over the place. Yeah. I mean, where any place that a group of students gets together, yeah. you know, we can actually even get you a live professor. But that doesn't even preclude every degree is available yes. via, um, you know, online distance-based hybrid versions. We have multiple delivery systems mm-hmm. to make sure we don't want any of those things that are the, the traditional barriers to people being able to accomplish their higher education needs for ministry to be the things that stand in the way. Mm-hmm. Like we want to get rid of those red yeah. tape, all that kind of stuff, get people in the classroom, get them learning. Because as you mentioned with the preponderance to go back to a statement you made earlier, Abe, you know, there's I'm obviously where do people get their information now? You yeah. know, they get it from Google and they get it from YouTube. Yeah. Um, uh, there was a percentage that I read recently is that, um, uh, you know, people actually now search YouTube more than they search Google. You know, so you don't just go to Google and type in what's the blah, blah, blah. They're actually, they, they don't even want to read it. Mm. They want to, they want a video of it. Yeah. You know, they want somebody to say it and put it on times two speed and not have to, you know, <laughs> we can deal with literacy as an issue for higher education these days at a later date. If we want to, it's one of the greatest threats to higher education. But the fact is, is that they're going to get the information from someplace. Yeah. So the institutions of academic discipleship then have a responsibility. 
either we're going to get our stuff into an arena in which they can access it with the, I mean, with some of those same levels of, uh, of accessibility, um, or we're not, and we surrender that arena. And then in that arena, what will happen is they will just keep getting more bad theology. The organization that does it better than anybody else right now is Ligonier. I mean, they yeah. just are flooding YouTube yeah. with content, yes, with solid theological content. Yeah, and seminaries should be doing the same thing. Yeah. Every class should be on those on a YouTube playlist for people to get for free. Because there's a danger. That's my call to every other seminary. <laughs> but, there, but there's a danger, right? Because like somebody wants to learn something, you know. It's just gonna pop up the thing with the most views, or oh, you know, the algorithms yeah. that are in place, and it might not be very good theology. Hmm. And some of that stuff, because they're like, you know what, I got YouTube, and I'm doing. It might be just a pastor who's you know has no seminary. He's at YouTube, and he's bringing that back to his church, and teaching that at his church. And again, we've seen a lot of just you know shepherd abuse here, you know, and with oh, just totally. bad teaching, with just bad theology. And and I really like that Ligonier is doing that. But again, you guys are you guys have a a place where people can sign up, get yes. I yeah. mean, uh, yeah, yeah. And I was just referring specifically to the YouTube, YouTube yeah, you know, yeah, pro- yeah, the problem yeah, on YouTube, you know, if you will. <laughs> but but no, it, but it, but it plays into the point that you're making, Abe. Is that is that yeah? Ministries flood get. It's better to have lots of good content out there to at least be heard against the bad content. Yeah. But at the end of the day, even that's not enough because what you do need, mm. you do need the personal teaching and mentoring. Yes. Like discipleship is not just information acquisition. It's actually a life on life process where yep. people are actually growing and developing in relationship to one another. And so that's one reason why we've invested pretty heavily in the live online classes. So, I mean, you know, yeah, there's people, that's a room together. They're they're getting just as much time together as they would in a personal residential model seminary in a lot of case situation. But the other thing we're encouraging them is we're telling them, if you're going to be in this class, you you need to stay engaged and focused in your local church context as well. So that you have that personal mentoring, the personal shepherding, the personal relationships that need to be occurring as this as part of this process of whatever the journey is that you're on, whether it's on a vocational journey or just a personal intrinsic lay led uh, journey to just you know personal you know spiritual development and whatnot. Do you ever have pastors communicate with professors of people that are in those? Uh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We actually have, I mean, I, I love it. We've got, um, I, I mean, the, the majority of t- the time that communication, you guys will get just an absolute kick out of this since you sort of mentored a class here locally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, um, is we'll get a pastor, either contact a professor or oftentimes contact me as the president of the seminary with the question, with the, with the, Hey, you know, just so you know, so-and-so from my church is in that class, and um, they told me that this was the discussion they had in the classroom. Is that accurate? Did they really talk about that, or did the professor really teach that? To which <laughs> invariably my response is, you know, hey, that's a great question. Thankfully, because it's an online class, there's a 99% chance we recorded it, and yeah. we can go back and watch and listen to it again. Right. So most of the time, it's somebody actually concerned with something that was said, oh. which was oftentimes a student who just, it was not far enough in the process to recognize what they were saying. You Got know it. what I mean? And so then they walk in, and then we tell the pastor, we're like, yeah, they talked. Next week, they talk about part two, which is where <laughs> we you know, we do the thing. And they're like, oh, okay, cool, no problems. But that's 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 a lot of the conversation sometimes. But but no, we absolutely do. We have we have pastors who have students that are working in the classes that talk to the faculty. We've got, um, uh, I mean, we do Saturday morning jump online with mm-hmm. just three or four students and a, and and one of our on our director of distance ed to just I mean, what are you learning? How's it going? Mm-hmm. You know, how's your mentor stuff? One of the things we're really excited about is we're partnering with Puritan and Reform Seminary in Grand Rapids, Michigan right now uh, to to help them as they're developing what I we pray will be a universal uh, mentor sort of reporting app mm-hmm. that will actually help us generate and gather a lot of data about the way that um, embedded. I've loved the phrase they've started using for this. I think it comes from the Lilly Foundation, but they're calling it embedded ministerial education, mm. which I think is just accurate and fantastic. Yeah. But then developing 
Um, you should the, trademark that. The, the, well, it wouldn't be me. I didn't come up with it. So, you know, if you guys want to go for it, get it before them. We'll, we'll, we'll beat, beat them to it. Yeah, well, they and charge them money for using our. They can't cancel an MOU with you because you don't have one. But us, we they could kick us off the bus. Yeah, and yeah, I love our PRTS yes, friends. Yes, we wouldn't do that. But but that idea that idea of of um, creating. I mean, and again. It's just stop thinking about things from the traditional residential model and yeah. start thinking about how do we solve the problems that we know are necessary. Those communication streams that, you know, the question is not, well, if they were here that communicate, because if they were here, the pastor wouldn't even be involved. Yeah. Because 70% of the students that are in seminary can't even get an internship because mm-hmm. you end up in a place where there's only so many internships to go around, you know, yeah. and then it's a five hour a week internship half the time. Right. Now there's churches doing a fantastic job with it, yeah. but it's for a limited number of people. Yeah. In this context, you actually, you have to stay in the local church. Sure. So then the question isn't how do we try to get it to be, look like the other thing. The question is how do we keep open avenues of communication so we can develop those communication structures and skills, which allow us to refine and work to personalize the experience even more. I'm sure after COVID and the world changed, as mm-hmm. we can see, that just even in the um, in the commercial retail space with just uh, uh, companies yeah. have moved mm. their actual brick and mortar and absolutely dec- has decimated a lot of downtown commercial space because they have gone online. Yeah. Something that you guys have already been doing for, you know, quite a while. Yeah, we were video conferencing 70% of our on-site classes when COVID hit. Wow. So we were able to transition in less than 24 hours wow. to, to fully online. And, um, you know, and what we found out is that when your entire life is lived on Zoom, mm. then yes, people get Zoom fatigue. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. that, that is absolutely true. Yeah. But when most of your life is lived in relationship, then if once a week you're jumping on a Zoom class, people don't mind at all. Yeah, they're, they're happy to do it. Yeah. And just Steve, if you, oh, no, go I, ahead. I was going to say, this is why having a cohort here at Bridge, and just talking about Bridge, is is really nice because we're just coming together. Uh, you get the best of both worlds. We're, yeah. And you can get grab a cup of coffee, even though we're doing stuff online. Um, we're here in the group, but everything's online. And that's where you were just envisioning. And we have the weekly mentor meeting that's yes. a part of that as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's not just the academic. That's right training that happens one night a week we also got together another night of the week and had that discipleship time that time of you know just sharing what's going on in our lives what can we be praying about uh, for each other what are we struggling with etc well i think this is that Stephen. i'm so glad you said that because i think this is one of the most crucial points um i am i mean my dad's a pastor i grew up in the church recognize the value of all these things. My father's a ligonier teaching fellow. I've, you know, got yeah, to eat, eat meals with Dr. Sproul when I was, so, I mean, I, I get all that stuff, right? right? But if it's taught me one thing, it's taught me this, that the seminary component is only one part. Mm-hmm. And in, and yeah. in, and in some ways it's a small part. Yeah. And so what you're doing is so cool because what you guys are doing is not letting you know, quote unquote seminary, uh, dictate the pathway to ministry, mm. but seminary is a resource on the pathway to ministry. Amen. Yeah. That's a and, good way to put it. And then yeah. you guys get to like, I can't replace that. Yeah. There is no seminary in America that can replace what you guys just described mm. oh. sitting in a class and having the ministry professionals also during the week meeting, meeting as a group and a cohort where you're seeing the work that you're doing in the classroom work itself out into the real life ministry day in, day out relationships, churches, organizations, ministries, et cetera, et cetera. So it, we seminary, we had, we do what we do faithfully, but then offer it to you guys as a resource. That's what our goal. That's, that's the goal right there. And you get to have some good coffee and some delicious sweets. Let me tell you, this y'all's <laughs> coffee bar is amazing. Yeah. Like I'm coming back down for uh Danny's and, and coffee bar. <laughs> Cafe de Oya. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you should nice. have your next board meeting down here. There you go. Know. Yeah. <laughs> I got some board members that'll take you up on. I got some Texans on the board. So. Oh, oh yeah, they'll they'll, they'll come from out Texas, not yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Hey, as we wrap this up, can you just uh, briefly talk about the importance of 
uh, taking some of these seminary classes, maybe for somebody who's not necessarily mm-hmm. looking at uh, vocational pastoral ministry, but they just want to be well-equipped to lead Bible studies, or yeah. they're maybe an elder or a deacon in their church, and they want to you know, be well-trained in that capacity. So even uh, you know somebody who might be looking at like a certificate or even just jumping on and taking a few classes. Just a couple of classes here and there. Yeah, absolutely. They, you know, uh, Steve, I think that that's, um, uh, you know, just such an important point. Seminary uh, is not just for people that feel like this is what they're vocationally supposed to be doing. Right. Um, seminary should be a resource for the church as a whole. Mm, yeah. Because um, and just just going back to what we were talking about a minute ago. Right. Because um, the church has limited time and resources available to it. And, and in its focus on being the church. Sure. Discipleship is one of its principal focus, uh, fo- focal areas, mm-hmm. um, but it does so through the ordinary means of grace, through the sacraments, through fellowship, and through the shepherding of the body. Mm-hmm. And there's so much that's going on there relationally and otherwise that uh, to ask a church to build some kind of full curricular school plan, mm-hmm. yeah. it's just... It's just it's just it's just impossible. Right. I mean, you can't do it. So when you get a seminary like BTS that comes alongside the church, and what it's saying is, hey, we believe that there are a ton of people in this local church that, if given and afforded the opportunity, would love to just take the next step in their own personal, spiritual, and intellectual journey. Absolutely. In their own Romans twelve one journey yeah. of the transformation mm-hmm. of the mind, right? Mm-hmm. As the as this act of spiritual worship. Sure. So what we do is provide uh, everything from four core certificates, as we said, all the way up to the master's and doctoral level programs. But for the average person in the church who's just like, you know, I don't know if I could lead a Bible study. I don't know if I could even maybe it's a maybe it's a group of high school guys or high school girls and you're just nervous about it because mm-hmm. you don't know. Listen, this is a place you can take it for credit. You can audit it just so you can learn. Yeah. But this is seminary is a place where any member of the local church should believe they have the opportunity to come and learn and grow. Our job is to help you find what the appropriate class or the, what the what the appropriate method is or sure. whatever that looks like. So I think any any Christian that just simply has within themselves um, the the Holy Spirit given passion. Uh, or, or just desire just to take the next step in what that spiritual journey looks like. Yep. Seminaries for you. Like yeah. sign up for it today, man. Like come on board, jump in and you don't have to sign up to get started. You can come just hang out one night while people are doing it. See if sure. you enjoy the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. You bet. Yeah. So for, for our local people in Laredo, please visit us here at Bridge at Bridge Ministry. You can come and get more information about BTS, or you can go to to their website at btsedu. Is that correct? No, uh, B- www.bts.education. That education. We spell education okay. completely. BTS.edu will take you to Banger Theological Seminary. <laughs> okay, then we which, which is quite a liberal seminary yeah, in Maine. Okay. In the state of Maine. So <laughs> well, I'm glad you corrected BTS.education. BTS.education. Right. So please go check that out. And again, for our worldwide audience and our uh, listeners uh, in other states, mm-hmm. you can check that out. And you Online, can sign up. video conference, yeah. you know, correspondence t- classes, everything's available for I you. Would be, it would be super cool as we start landing this play to that somebody who listens to this podcast uh, or a pastor or, or a lay leader gets a group of people in their church mm. to sign up. Yeah. Right? That would be amazing. That would be amazing. So, and you know, just let them know you heard us at, at bridge radio. If I tell you what, here's what we'll do. Here's <laughs> oh, what, oh, okay. This is, this is, this is radio right here. Guys, <laughs> this is right? radio. This is radio. <laughs> this is live radio. <laughs> who needs rush? Yeah. If, uh, <laughs> if, uh, if, if you bring, if a pastor brings, a group of five students that wants to do the 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 Westminster Confession of Faith class. Mm-hmm. Um, bring five students from their church and they take it for credit, and they put in the start your journey. We heard it on Bridge Radio. We heard it on Bridge Radio. Heard Ike say this. We will pay for um, all five students. Wow! Wow! That's a deal. First one one class. All the students would get it scholarship. So. 
To our listeners, you heard that. You get five. There'd be a thousand. That's a thousand dollars of scholarship funds. You, you guys get five lay leaders or not lay leaders at your church to sign up. Anybody. Anybody. But they got to take the class. You guys got to take yeah, the class. They got to take the class for credit. A class for credit. Yep. And stick to, through it. It's free. We'll, we'll, we'll cover it. They'll cover it. I guarantee you I've got board members listening to this right now going, you know, please, somebody shut him up. Right <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, you know, yeah. It's like, don't. And, so. But I, I don't care if there's I don't care if it's 15 pastors that bring five people there. We'll cover all of them. There you go, guys. Bring it. Bring us five and we'll we'll give you a class and you will see how valuable it is for the people in your local church. Now, it only count if you put Brit. You heard this on Bridge, Gotta be Radio. Bridge Radio. OK, so but hey, um, I really appreciate you coming on. But one of the things before we completely land the plane, I think we've been saying this and it's been an, an, know, awesome, right? an awesome podcast and a big podcast. <laughs> Is that we have our guests share the good news yeah, to the, to our worldwide audience uh, because uh, again uh, this is all for the kingdom for Amen. our Lord and Savior. So can you please share right. the good news of the gospel to our worldwide audience? I'd love to do it. There is nothing more exciting than getting to tell people mm. uh, that um, that for all the work that we think we have to do, um, that it is not up to us. What we have to acknowledge is that we can't do the work. What we have to acknowledge is that uh, that that sin is in our lives, and that sin uh, it it just takes over everything. But when there was not a way, when there was not a way for us to be right with God, that God made a way hmm. for a people that did not want Him, but that He wanted. So He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to the cross to bear the sins of all His people once and for all time. So that those of us who come to him in repentance and with a heart that desires to be right with God have a way to follow him and to live lives that then have purpose and meaning. Because without Jesus, mm-hmm. I think I can, I think I can, if you're out there listening right now and, and you just feel like in your life there's no purpose and meaning and that none of this can be true, then I can tell you you're exactly right. There is no purpose. There is no meaning without Christ. Mm. But he came and made the way so that we can have purpose and meaning and be right with God. And so if you don't know who that Savior, then I urge you, respond back to these guys today. Find a local Amen. church and, and talk to somebody about what it means to be right with God through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, his son. Amen. Amen. He has made us for himself. That's right. That's right. Again, now, Ike. Uh, where can people find you, even though we know where you're at? But uh, if anybody had any more questions or just want to reach out to you personally, uh, I don't know if you are ha- social media, Facebook, <laughs> any of those stuff. If you like reluctantly, to share the- reluctantly on social medias. Uh, yeah. Ike Reader, uh, I-K-E, two E, three E's, R-E-E-D-E-R uh, on Facebook and at Ike Reader on Twitter. I was one. I, I adopted Twitter in 2007 and now I can't let it go because. I got one of those that, you know, you don't blue. have to put a number beside it. Ah, I have not paid for the check yet. You're a blue checker. The, the <laughs> easiest way, though, if you want to get in touch with us, the easiest way is probably through the seminary website because I'm not on the social medias all that much. <laughs> all right. Well, there you go, ladies. And again, that is bts.education. That's yes, right. bts.education. Don't go to that other uh, liberal one. Uh, you no, get don't it. go there. <laughs> if you go asking them for reformed education, they're going to laugh at you. <laughs> yeah. That's for I, sure. Thank you very much for coming on Bridge Radio. Pleasure's mine. Uh, absolutely a blessing. That's right. Thank you absolutely. for having me. Sorry for taking so much of your time. No, no, it was no. worth every minute. Time well spent. Yes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this week's episode with President of BTS, Ike Reader. Guys, how did you think that podcast went? I think it went really well. I think, and I think that's a very big understatement. Um, he made so many key points, and and I think the one that hit home the most was not just making sure you have right doctrine, but it's how are you living out these doctrines in your local church body. And um, it's easy for someone to maybe try to want to go to a seminary outside of their city and, and they're gone from the local church body, but BTS makes it not just accessible to where you are, but they make sure the theology that you have access to how are you guys implementing that in your local church body um, that hits home, especially our part of, of the nation where we don't have a lot of solid um, doctrine in, in these parts, you know? Yeah, I'm just super excited about it. Like I said, they filled just a void that uh, we see here in Laredo as a whole. 
and uh, that we really wanted to be able to fill as a ministry. And uh, so our collaboration with them, our relationship is just, it's so exciting in that regard to be able to have a local cohort here to bring this solid, rigorous theological uh, education here to Laredo and uh, not just for obviously intellectual purposes, but to be able to continue to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news that uh, changes lives. And and uh, we want that not only um, here in Laredo, but to be able to have that go across the border into Mexico as well. And uh, that's one of the things, actually, we didn't even talk, talk about, about much, Spanish, yeah. but was the uh, the Spanish that's going to be coming up. Yeah. They're developing a Spanish program. Yeah. And so. Yeah, and again, for our listeners all over the country, please go check it out. Um, we're super excited. Uh, again, this is for the kingdom, guys. Um, and and hopefully you guys got uh, a, just a little glimpse of what BTS done. They have been around for 51 years. It's like the place that nobody knows about mm. that I think that there are people are starting to uh, going to notice them even more just because of the things that they're doing and then just the passion of the professor. You guys got to remember this, and I don't think I... Those professors that are sitting in the... Uh, and I think I, I might have mentioned a little bit. The professors that are teaching at BTS, these professors are teaching at the big boy seminaries. Mm -hmm. They do this out of the passion of their heart. They love teaching. They love doing this, as we mentioned earlier. So you're going to get top-notch uh, uh, seminary education with the, the price of man, nothing. I mean, if you go to Starbucks 10 times a month, yeah, it pays for itself right there. Probably paid for it, yeah. So, well, guys, uh, um, please don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And like we always like to end the show, what is your only comfort in life and in death that I am not my own but belong body and soul in life and in death? to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. To next week. <laughs>